1: Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Nico Bakulich.
2: And I'm Lauren O'Neill.
1: And let's get biblical.
2: Let's get biblical. Our biblical getting today is powered once again by gin.
1: (laughs) Brought to you by the American Gin Council, (laughs) AGC. Four out of five doctors recommend drinking gin if you want to get down and get nasty.
2: <laughs> you know we've we've um, had some some wine episodes the past <laughs> few months, and um, I'm just I'm proud to report we're back to gin. Anyway, I'm Lauren. I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian, taught Sunday school, uh, sang in the worship band, and I'm now an atheist.
1: And my name is Nico. I was not raised with any particular religion. And I'm a Sagittarius.
2: <laughs> Actually, you're not anymore. <laughs> what? There's a new thirteenth sign. It's called like Orphan Munchies or something. <laughs> orphan Munchies. Yeah, that's you now. Sorry. I feel like
1: you're springing this on me. Is that true?
2: Yeah, no, it's true. Oh, I mean, it's not called Orphan. Mon- I don't. Rem- it's called Orph something, but it's true that you're in a new sign now. Um, what else? Oh, I'm I'm reading the new international version, the NIV of the Bible.
1: And I'm reading the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, specifically the Oxford Annotated NRSV. With bonus features.
2: Uh, It's not a Bible study podcast, this podcast that you're listening to. It's just (laughs) joke-em-ups.
1: It's also not appropriate for children or people who are triggered by stuff like sex and violence.
2: Yeah, because like that stuff is just, it's just everywhere in the damn Bible. It's just thick on the ground. Yeah. I think actually this one's pretty tame. Well, we just slap slap a a parental advisory on it because it's weird. So today we're talking about the book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. And uh it's actually one of the latest written books in the Old Testament. Mm. The Jewish Bible puts it at the end. Um, but Christians put it earlier because they group it in with the major prophets. Okay. The others are, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, which we just recently did episode. Oh, there's a
1: couple of major
2: prophets yeah, in you know Some of major prophets. Um, If you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you know about the Babylonian exile. Basically, all you need to know is Babylon took over the kingdom of Judah and exiled the Jews. Then Persia took over Babylon and let the Jews go back. And after that, what we haven't talked about before is that the Greeks took over Persia. Mm -hmm. So this is written during the time of Greek rule. But it's set. During, like, Babylonian rule, end of the like, Babylonian exile and beginning of the Persian rule, yeah, okay. Um, of course, it was probably not written by Daniel himself, but uh, my Bible scholarly notes say that it was because Jesus says so in the book of Matthew.
1: <laughs> what did you say? I've taken a I've taken a good look at the historical objections to the fact that there might be a single author for Daniel, and I have to say, based on my research, it's one guy.
2: I mean, we haven't gotten to the Book of Matthew yet, but I assume that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Bible's notes also say, uh, quote, "The widely held view that the Book of Daniel is largely fictional rests mainly on the modern philosophical assumption that long-range predictive prophecy is impossible. <laughs> but objective evidence, Excludes this hypothesis on several counts. So I hope you're ready to get into some material that was written all by Dan the Man, and which literally predicts the future.
1: Uh, Certain kinds of long-range prophecy are not impossible. For example, the one where we're going to ruin the Earth with global warming.
2: Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Um, The sun will eventually become a supernova. Sure. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, Daniel didn't predict any of that.
1: He well, the problem was he didn't have access to good, clean data sets. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, so Book of Daniel has twelve chapters, and <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the first half is basically what are uh, called court tales,
1: okay, aka folk tales.
2: Yeah, and they're they're written in Aramaic, not Hebrew.
1: Yeah, I so I noticed that in the notes,
2: and uh, so these are probably sort of like. Folk tales that existed independently in like different communities and and then someone gathered them all together and um, arbitrarily
1: assigned a date and place to them.
2: Yeah. And like um, made them about Daniel because like the figure of Daniel was like, you know, a a wise man. So they were like, you know, whatever.
1: Right. They were like, whatever.
2: I mean, (laughs) I mean, they they
1: honestly kind of were like, whatever. The
2: Bible is kind of like, whatever. (laughs) Chapter
1: one. Seems like an appropriate place to start.
2: We start in Babylon. Okay. Where Daniel is among the many Jews who have been deported after Babylon took over Judah.
1: And they want to pick some some of these young men, some young Israelites of the royal family and nobility, mm-hmm.
2: and other like exiles as well, I think from other countries. Mm-hmm.
1: And they're going to pick some of them to basically become young
2: technocrats. Yeah, so they want, uh, they want people who are of noble birth, who are very handsome mm-hmm. and very smart. This is not shady at all. <laughs> and they're going to like train them in the Babylonian ways and then put them in like Nebuchadnezzar's service. Again, not shady at all and definitely not a sex thing. So <laughs> among these handsome, noble young men are Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They're given new Babylonian names. That's right. So Daniel becomes Belteshazzar, Mm -hmm. and his three friends become Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you know where I first heard those names? Where? In a Beastie Boys song.
2: I actually did know that, because you told me about it, because I was like, You were playing
1: dumb over there.
2: (laughs) I was like, we're going to read the book of Daniel, like, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nico was like, oh, like the Beastie Boys song? (laughs) because he was raised in a normal household without religion. Uh so so yeah, also all those names I just learned mm-hmm. on this reading involve like the names of Babylonian gods. Oh. So they're all like blasphemous. Oh. Which I didn't realize before.
1: They're blasphemous now.
2: <laughs> they're blasphemous. So they won't eat the food that they're given in In another this-
1: non-creepy note, <laughs> the the people that are told to educate them also control what they eat, and uh, they're given a particular amount and type of rations to eat every week.
2: But it's like, it's good. It's like- I'm sure it's high fine. High quality royal court food. Local? Yes. Organic? It has to be. It has to be. But it's not kosher. <laughs> it's it's not gluten-free, and it's not kosher. <laughs> um, And so they won't eat it. And the the official who's supposed to be like uh, ad- administering this educational he's like, he's program,
1: like, guys, this is going to look really bad for me if you get sick. They're going to be like, "Why weren't you feeding your Jews?" Yeah, and they take a little bet with them. They're like, "Hey, give me give just give us vegetables and water, yeah. for a week.
2: Like, put us on a juice cleanse. <laughs> just like make us temporary fruitarians <laughs> and see what happens. See if we actually get weak."
1: Yeah, they go veg, get ripped and they power up their
2: brains. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course like God is on their side. So, they actually instead of getting weak, they actually are the smartest and they learn the fastest and they're
1: And according to my bible, they also look the fattest of all the students.
2: They look the fattest. <laughs> That's what oh, it says. good for them.
1: <laughs> it's mass baby. Body
2: positivity.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and King Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. finds them superior to all the other uh, wise men or sages or magicians or whatever you want to call them. No,
1: I feel like Nebuchadnezzar has been in too many stories.
2: Well, he is the king of Babylon. Right. Um, during the time when the Babylonian exiles happened.
1: But it, was he king for like 100 years?
2: Um, no, but the Babylonian exile is only 66 years. Oh, that's a good point. So he, I think he's king for like, you know, 40 of it. Okay. Um, and he becomes a symbol like we saw in Jericho. Yeah, Judah.
1: that's a good point. That's a good point. He's just like the generic powerful king yeah. Name. powerful just, foreign king he's nebuchadnezzar whatever
2: yeah because remember like in judith he was the king even though it was not like, not at said right. during that time so kind of like in the story in genesis where pharaoh had a dream and needed joseph to interpret it
1: or exactly like that uh
2: exactly like that probably influenced by that story mm-hmm. uh king nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he wants it interpreted so he calls up all his wise men. But
1: he's a little bitch about it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> how is he a little bitch, baby? Uh,
1: <laughs> well, he's like.
2: Tell the people how he's a little bitch.
1: He's like, every time I ask for a dream interpretation, I tell the interpreter the dream and then they tell me the interpretation, you know. But that doesn't seem like real magic to me. I think it would be better if the only only true way to get an interpretation is to. Just have somebody tell me both the dream and the interpretation. That way I'll know that they're right about the interpretation.
2: Yes. And uh, all the wise men are like, well, how are we supposed to guess what dream you had? <laughs> That's stupid. And he's like, OK, well, then I'm going to put <laughs> all wise men in the kingdom to death. Like not just the ones Therefore, who Therefore, there me. is no wisdom. Every single like wise man and sage is going to be put to death. Really glad the kingdom of Babylon is in the hands of a drunk baby. <laughs> and baby,
1: you are too drunk to rule.
2: Nebuchadnezzar, you are too drunk to rule. So Daniel and his friends, who have been through this wise men uh, program,
1: right? They're they're, they're like, going
2: to be executed. They're
1: like full bright wise men scholars. Yeah. yeah.
2: And Daniel's like, whoa, wait, wait. before we get executed, <laughs> let me have a try. <laughs> And, uh, of course, you know, just like with the uh, juice cleanse, he has God on his side Mm -hmm. and God tells him what the dream is and the interpretation. Now, I'm going to just kind of sum up the dream because, like, it's really long and involved and I'm just going to give a little summary here. So basically, the dream is that there's a giant statue of a dude and uh, his head is gold. His head represents the kingdom of Babylon. His chest and arms are silver, which represents the nation that will come after Babylon. The belly and thighs are bronze, which represents the nation after that. And the feet are a mix of iron and stone, which represents the nation after that.
1: He's a classic four-metal golem.
2: (laughs) Well, like, yeah, four Four metals and a half. half. Um, Which nations are being represented is a matter of some debate. The traditional view is that it's Babylon— Medo-Persia, which is like media slash Persia. sure, Greece and Rome. But that would require Daniel to like actually be seeing the future, I guess. Yeah. So the revised quote-unquote Maccabean thesis is that it's Babylon, Medes, Persia, and Greece.
1: God, that is dull as hell.
2: It's not important for our purposes. <laughs> I just wanted to teach the controversy. So there's the statue representing four kingdoms. Uh-huh. Four successive kingdoms, and then a big rock smashes the statue, and the rock grows as big as a mountain, and that symbolizes the final kingdom of God that will last forever. Sure, uh, so Nebbi is real happy about you this. You call him Nebbi
1: too? I call him Nebi in my name. Everybody notes.
2: calls him Nebbi. Oh, uh, and he actually bows down before Daniel, which he does seems a little Aki's like, uh, blasphemy wise. And uh, <laughs> blasphemy-wise, then he like puts, you know, he like gives much like Pharaoh gave Joseph. He gives him a really high position mm-hmm. and gives him a lot of gifts. And also he
1: separates him from his buddies, which I noticed, but yes. wasn't, wasn't noted in the narrative.
2: But the buddies all get like good jobs. They get good they, jobs. They all get good, like administrative, like government jobs. You know, like it doesn't pay that much, but you get the pension. Mm-hmm. You get the bennies.
1: Mm-hmm. Three weeks a year. Yeah. Vacation, that is.
2: <laughs> I call it V time. <laughs> Um, so then, although <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar seemed very impressed with Daniel's God, yeah, he soon uh, goes in a different direction artistically mm-hmm. and creates a giant gold statue. I guess statues were like on his brain after the dream. Uh, the statues probably of the god Nabu is what I read. Nabu being the namesake of Nebuchadnezzar.
1: It sounds like a fancy sushi restaurant. Ah, Yeah, it does. That I would be like, man, I would love to eat there. But I can't afford it. I can't afford that. And people would always come in from out of town and be like, we're going to eat at Nabu. And I'd be like, oh, I hear that's great. I've lived here for years and I've never eaten there because...
2: You're mainly basing this off when we lived in Austin and couldn't afford to eat at Uchi. (laughs) It's true. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, he makes this huge statue and everyone's supposed to bow to it. Um But of course, some snitch tells him that these three Jewish administrators, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, will not bow down before it.
1: And my understanding is that statue snitches get statue stitches. Can you confirm or deny that?
2: I have no knowledge of that. <laughs>
1: It's a, a good answer. It's a good answer. It's a non answer. I don't answer. even know what you're talking about. Okay.
2: Um so he so Nebuchadnezzar like brings them before the statue and he like tells them, bow down or you'll get put to death, but they won't do it. Which is how you know this story is fictional, because as we know in real life, Israelites will bow down before fucking anything.
1: No, but these are the new look Israelites. These are the new Israelites. Well, I mean, these are these are literally, not literally, but very nearly literally the cream of the crop in that God selected only the this particular tiny subset of Jews to get exiled. And these are the ones that are going to restore the Davidic throne and right, restore right, the temple right. and whatever. These so these the... have to be the cream of the crop. These yeah. are the top quality. These
2: are the good figs, quote unquote.
1: Oh, these are top notch figs not like those nasty figs that they (laughs) left back there Those nasty fig boys rotten in the sun like gross figs
2: and uh so they won't they won't do it and nebuchadnezzar has them thrown in the fiery furnace (laughs) if you ever hear a reference to a fiery furnace such as the excellent band the fiery furnaces Mm -hmm. this is what it's talking about not the beastie boys (laughs) okay fiery furnaces Throws them in the fiery furnace, which is heated seven times hotter than usual. I noted that. So hot, in fact, that the soldiers who throw the guys in die. But, of course, Shad and the gang are protected by the one true god, so they're completely fine. King and and his dudes are, like, looking in, and they're like, what the hell? They're just, like, dancing around in there. (laughs) There's a fourth guy in there. Mm-hmm. He's like an angel or something. Mm-hmm. It says he looks like a son of the gods. So like the Babylonian word for angel is exactly the same as like the Israelite word, but it's just gods instead of God.
1: Oh. One thing I would like to note is that when Nebi decides to throw these these young boys into the fire, mm-hmm. it says in my Bible He was so filled with rage against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face was distorted. Oh! (laughs) I like that. You like that? Yeah. I mean, well, there are lots of different... distorted
2: Babylonian face?
1: (laughs) Well, there are lots of different kinds of distortion. It could be distorted non-linearly. It could be, you know, rectification. It could be uh, bit crushing. Who knows?
2: I don't know what any of those things are, Mm. but I'm terrified of all of them. You should be. Um, So they walk out completely unharmed. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, "Like, okay, your God must be really super powerful. Um, we
1: got to get in on this. Yeah, and he's
2: like, <laughs> everyone in the kingdom can worship that God. They don't need to worship this golden statue.
1: Which <laughs> seems like a shame. He worked so hard on that statue. I
2: know the statue probably cost a lot of money. It's like a, it's like a giant gold statue. You know,
1: his family. He's an emperor. Although,
2: like, my Bible's notes did say, like, well, it probably wasn't solid gold. It was probably like just gold plated." <laughs> And I was like, thanks for that really helpful note. Your like,
1: Bible's such a such like a gossip. I know. It's like it's like <laughs> it's probably plated. Like, like don't worry about you it. You
2: really don't need to convince me that like the Babylonian gods are false. Like I wasn't gonna go pray to Navu if you didn't include And
1: he's the he's the emperor of like a huge empire. Like if he wanted it to be solid, it'd be solid.
2: Um so then anyway, Daniel Daniel uh interprets another dream for Nebuchadnezzar. He does. And this one is very interesting because, Nico, you were just saying on our Ezekiel episode. Was I? That there's a weird uh, flat earth theory that we used to have giant super trees, but then they got cut down. Mm-hmm. And we think what we see as rock formations are actually these stumps.
1: Yeah, stuff like mesas and like plateaus
2: and stuff. Those are actually the stumps of giant super trees. Mm-hmm. So, in this dream that Nebuchadnezzar has, there's a giant tree. It's so big that it can be seen from anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And it, like, touches the sky.
1: That would be especially helpful if, for example, there there was no curvature to the earth.
2: Mm. Because then you
1: could definitely see it from anywhere on earth. That's a good
2: point. (laughs) That's a really good point. And it... Provides shelter and food for all the birds and beasts of the world. Mm-hmm. And then in the dream, an angel has the tree cut down and binds the stump with iron and bronze so that it becomes basically a giant rock formation. That's right. So here it is, everyone. I'm adding this to my my roster of random conspiracy theories that I'm a truther for now. <laughs> a Eh? Hollow Earth be flat Earth with super trees. Not regular flat Earth, like only flat Earth with super trees. Otherwise, I don't believe it.
1: So, I'm sorry, you ordered the flat Earth, but did you want that with super trees? Uh,
2: Yes, super trees, please. Okay. Good I'm choice. allergic to good not choice. super trees. You have to. You have to get you the super trees. I have to ask for the super trees. <laughs> and, uh, When the tree is cut down in the dream, the angel says, let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let him be given the mind of an animal till seven times pass by. Mm. So the giant tree represents Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon.
1: Mm -hmm. Who's a big boy.
2: And losing his mind and living like an animal represents him losing his mind and living like an animal, (laughs) which apparently-
1: Which happens later. Literally
2: happens. It says uh, 12 months after that, Nebuchadnezzar was out walking on the roof of his palace when suddenly he hears the voice of God telling him his royal authority has been taken from him and he goes and and loses his mind. And
1: So here's what I don't like about this. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar has this mysterious dream about a giant tree. Yeah.
2: And I mean, he, that's the, the truth. The truth that's been hidden from us by the Illuminati.
1: Oh, right. And he calls his wisest dude. Yeah over to interpret it and the guy says like oh well basically you're the tree sometime soon you're going to be struck down by some sort of primal madness and go live in the wild and then he's like well you know shit i guess i gotta deal with that 12 months pass by Mm -hmm. and then god's voice comes down and says you are now struck with a primal madness and you'll live in the wild yes why did he even have it interpreted I mean, it, it's very like, literal. Like If God was just going to say at the, at the time, like, here, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just going to make you crazy. Like, why does anybody need any yeah. dreams interpreted? I know. If God right. is just going to explain his insane actions at the point of inception.
2: So that's literally what happens. He just, um, he, it says, uh, he was driven away from people and ate grass like cattle. His hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. But after... Seven times, it's not specified what the times are. So it could be seven months, it could be seven years, uh, it could be seven, I don't know what. Then his sanity was restored and he converted to worshiping the one true God of the Israelites. Yeah,
1: there's a great illustration of Nebuchadnezzar in the wild by William Blake. Yes. Go check that one out.
2: Yes, where he's crawling on his knees. Mm Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's kind of like King Lear, I feel like. I guess it is a little Learish. So, so while Nebuchadnezzar is gone for 7 units of time, seven, I guess.
1: Uh, earth earth time units. Yeah, ETUs. Yeah.
2: yeah, uh he is succeeded by the next king, King Belshazzar. Mm-hmm. Not Bel Belshazzar, Tej- which is Daniel's Babylonian name, yeah. but just Belshazzar.
1: Yeah, we call him Belshi.
2: Belshazzar has a banquet.
1: Belshazzar, Belshazzar has, a has a banquet. banquet. Belshazzar,
2: Belshazzar has a banquet.
1: Belshazzar uh, has uh, a banquet. Belshazzar
2: has a banquet. And he decides that the the cups that he's going to serve wine in are going to be like the holy goblets that so, he got from Solomon's temple when he sacked Jerusalem. This
1: feels like a very honest human moment. This guy decides to bring out his nicest, like, secret shit to impress his party guests. (laughs) And the secret shit is, like, holy things that he stole from the temple in Jerusalem. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's realistic.
2: All right. I mean, so they all start—they're all drinking wine. I'm sure they're having a great time. They're yucking it up.
1: I would go to that party.
2: They're, uh, you know, praising Blasphemous, idolatrous gods. Sure. When all of a sudden, a human hand appears out of nowhere and starts writing on the wall. Mm -hmm. Naturally, Belshazzar is understandably a little spooked. And he calls all his wise men to interpret this Mm -hmm. sign. But no one can even read the words uh, until he gets to Daniel and... Daniel tells him, well, he starts off by saying, you know how powerful the one true God is. You Mm -hmm. saw all the shit that your dad went through and you still didn't convert. You just went on and defiled these holy goblets.
1: Just trotted them out like party favors.
2: So he says the words read mene mene tekel parsin. These are all Aramaic weights is what I learned. There are two parsins in a tekel. And 60 tackles in a (laughs) mene.
1: I really don't like that kind of language coming out of your mouth. Uh,
2: But they're also puns because they're also the Aramaic words for count, weigh, and divide, apparently. So basically the message is, God has numbered your days. You've been weighed and found wanting, and your kingdom will be divided among conquerors. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and according to the Bible, that very night, (laughs) that very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slayed and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom. I love. So that was quick.
1: That, that's all it took. That
2: was really quick.
1: It's like, he threw a party and he trotted out some like old war trophies and then there was mysterious ghost shit and he called in Daniel. Daniel explained it to him and he died that night.
2: And the the kingdom changed hands <laughs> in in less than 24 hours. That is
1: classic folktale stuff. Mm-hmm. In folktales, when something goes wrong, it goes wrong right away.
2: Yes. Also, like Darius is like the name of a Persian king, and he comes later, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's not historically accurate. I just want to point that out. I just don't want to get any angry emails. Um. So now we're under Darius, the median king mm-hmm. ambiguously median king <laughs> and he really likes Daniel and puts him in a high ranking position um, it doesn't exactly say why
1: I it should be pretty obvious I
2: mean I assume he interpreted some dreams he gives
1: awesome non-stop like truth, super correct truth prophecies yeah bombs yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but the fact that he got promoted so fast makes the other satraps and administrator's jealous. Now
1: I feel like we're traveling back in time here. Is it, wasn't this the plot of Ezra? Uh
2: I don't I try to like forget about Ezra as much <laughs> as I can. I
1: think this was the plot of Ezra, except this was a different Was that the same exile? I think that was the same. It's the same. It's the same that exile. The same exile. Yeah. I think this is the I think this is the plot of Ezra.
2: Well, in any case, uh these these jealous deluses... <laughs> Convince,
1: way to stick it to him, baby.
2: <laughs> so they, uh they go to Darius and they convince him to write a law that says that this all sounds
1: so familiar.
2: Yes, this is like Esther.
1: Yeah, this is like Esther.
2: That they so they 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 make a law that yeah. no one in the kingdom. Can worship any god or any being besides Darius for the next thirty days, and I'm like, well, isn't it going to take like thirty days for this to like travel to everywhere in the kingdom? They keep track
1: of when they receive the law, so it's upon date of receival.
2: Okay, that seems like pretty advanced for them, but whatever. Um, and also write in the law that the law can't be repealed. Right, (laughs) that's an important part of it. That's,
1: that's, that's the ancient no take backs clause. Yes,
2: exactly. No take backsies. <laughs> however, you say that in Persian.
1: It's the same, isn't it? It's funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny how language works like that yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's like
2: sometimes you just get these universal concepts that are just, everyone understands them. Like no take backsies. Yeah, no take backsies. Um, of course, Daniel keeps worshiping God. Uh, he keeps praying three times a day facing yeah. Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, of course, some snitches tell on him. <laughs> and then the king, Darius, is like, oh, man. Like, I didn't mean Daniel. It's like, like I
1: would kill anybody. Like, I don't really care. I didn't mean
2: Daniel. And they're like, well, um, remember this law can't be repealed? Remember we put that in the law? Do
1: you remember the sacred sacrament of no-ticky backseats?" And
2: he's like... Oh, fuck. I guess it does say can't be repealed. I guess I can't take you back. And so he throws Daniel in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. Have you, Nico, raised without religion, mm-hmm. heard of Daniel in the lion's den?
1: I, just in general terms. Yeah. I understand okay. that it's like somebody being tested, you know.
2: It's like somebody in a dangerous place. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's thrown in the lion's den. Daniel in the lion's den, which is not really a den. It's like a. It's like a, it's a hole. hole full it's of lions. Yeah. It's a cave full of lions. It's, it's artificial. It's man-made.
1: Do lions live in caves?
2: I don't know. Do they? I guess usually not. Do they dig? I, mean,
1: I wouldn't see why anyone wouldn't live in a cave if they had the option as opposed to living like just in the Just like in the in sun? The open. Yeah.
2: yeah. I don't know. Do they dig little I don't think dens they, for the chillums? They, I don't think
1: they dig.
2: For the chillums?
1: I don't think they dig even for the chillums.
2: Mm. In any case, Daniel is thrown into the lion hole and uh, Darius is very worried. In fact, he's so worried that he stays up all night, quote, without any entertainment being brought to him. (laughs) Big sacrifice. And they go in the morning and they check and Daniel is completely unharmed and God sent an angel to close the lion's mouths. Yay, Darius is overjoyed and he pulls Daniel out of the lion's den and he throws in the snitches and their wives and children and before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Yay! Yay! Innocent children! Everybody dies. Yay! And that's the end of the first half of Daniel, which is, uh, which is the folktale half.
1: AKA the interesting half.
2: Yeah, well, you know, so now we're switching into the apocalyptic visions half.
1: Oh, that sounds fun.
2: You know, it sounds like it would be fun. And it's weird... I never thought that I would like
1: be bored of apocalyptic visions. Be bored visions.
2: Of, of like insane apocalyptic visions. <laughs> but that's how it shook out. To
1: be fair, and I don't mean to spoil anything, but these are not the craziest apocalyptic visions that we've seen or hopefully will see in the future.
2: Yeah, that's true. It's like after we've seen Angels on Wheels, this is kind of weak Well, lost.
1: Daniel sees Angels on Wheels too.
2: Kind of soft candy. I mean, yeah, but it's like not really the focal point. So the next several chapters are Visions of the Apocalypse. The first one is a vision of four fantastical beasts rising out of the sea. And I read that apparently they're suspiciously similar to the beasts that rise out of the sea in an epic poem about the god Baal. Ah, when I he see. He battles the sea god, Yam. Mm. And I will say Yam is the modern Hebrew word for sea.
1: I'm going to read just a little bit of this, because it's really good.
2: Please.
1: I, Daniel, saw in my vision by night the four winds of heaven stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then, as I watched, its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a human being, and a human mind was given to it. Another beast appeared, a second one that looked like a bear... It was raised up on one side, had three tusks in its mouth, among its teeth, and was told, "'Arise! Devour many bodies!' After this, as I watched, another appeared like a leopard. The beast had four wings of a bird on its back and four heads, and dominion was given to it. Question mark. (laughs) "'After this I saw in the visions by night a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth and was devouring, breaking in pieces and stamping what was left with its feet.' It was different from all the beasts that preceded it, and it had ten horns.
2: Yes, and then it grows an eleventh horn. Yeah. Uh, to and make
1: room for it, three of the earlier horns were plucked by its roots.
2: And the eleventh horn has human eyes and a human mouth.
1: Mm-hmm. And a mouth speaking arrogantly, no less. No,
2: arrogantly. The worst kind of human mouth on a horn <laughs> on a terrifying and frightening beast with iron teeth and bronze claws. Um, so yeah, so this, this beast is wreaking havoc everywhere, Mm -hmm. but then in the vision, it gets, uh, thrown into a fire and a Messiah figure comes down and establishes an eternal kingdom of heaven. Yay. The world ended and everything's cool. Yay.
1: Yay.
2: Okay. Let's take a break.
1: Okay. We're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear some music and then we'll be right back with more Sunday school dropouts. Bye. Bye. Oh, uh-huh.
2: To Sunday School Dropouts. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we're talking about the book of Daniel. It's so polite
1: of you to welcome me back like that.
2: Oh, you're welcome, baby. Um, like I already said, welcome back. You're welcome. You're welcome back. It's You're just welcome everywhere. <laughs> but we have more important things to talk about right now, which is the Bible. Okay. And specifically the book of Daniel.
1: So I've heard of Bibble. Um, who's this Daniel fellow?
2: Bibbles and kits. Okay, Daniel Daniel. He's having some apocalyptic visions. We <laughs> just went over one about the four nations that are gonna succeed each other, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There's another one of those, but like the nations are rams and goats, and it ends with an apocalypse. Um, and then we get to the final vision in the book. Mm-hmm. And uh
1: <laughs> You were shaking. You were really putting <laughs> effort into it. I was not
2: that. shaking, I was Waving my meaty fists in the air in emphasis. Daniel is out by the Tigris River and he sees a man. A man appears and none of the dudes that he's with can see this man except him. But they all hide in terror because they sense his presence.
1: Okay.
2: and So he is a scary dude. <laughs> well he's yeah, he's a little intimidating, I would say because um his body is like chrysolite, his face <laughs> is like lightning, his eyes are like torches, his arms and legs are like bronze and also he speaks with the voice of a multitude. Hmm. That always fucking creeps me out when they do that on cartoons. Mm. You know.
1: When they have the like the pitch shifter so that it sounds like somebody speaking like super low, super high. Well, yeah. it sounds like multiple voices yeah.
2: at once. Yeah. Uh, I could do that
1: with your voice if you wanted.
2: Please don't. I will die.
1: No, just just.
2: Give I will me, shit myself and die.
1: Give me one thing to say, and I Never. will. I will let you speak as a multitude.
2: No. So oh. Daniel. <laughs> so Daniel sees this angel, and he uh, he faints, and then the angel gives him like a vision dream, and uh, the angel says he came in response to Daniel's prayers, but quote. The Prince of Persia Is resisted a great game. me. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal himself.
1: No, that's Prince of Persia and the Dagger of Time.
2: Resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, <sighs> one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the King of Persia. Soon I will return to fight against the Prince of Persia. No one supports me against them but Michael. What the fuck? How is the Prince of Persia able to detain an angel, A of all, and B of all? Why is Michael the only one that supports him?
1: I have the answers. You do? I have the answers.
2: Oh my God. This Oxford version that you're reading has all the answers.
1: It does. It has some of the answers.
2: Okay. Because mine is just like, well.
1: This doesn't make any sense. This is literally true.
2: I don't know how to explain it, but there's definitely angels.
1: So this angel that is speaking to Daniel is Gabriel. Okay. Um, Assuming that it's... The same angel that has spoken to him before, which has always been Gabriel. Okay, Gabriel is talking about the fact that there is a war in heaven that mirrors the wars that are happening on Earth. Really? That there that like each nation has a god that is like battling for them.
2: So like space Babylon takes over space Judah. Yeah. And then space Persia takes over space Babylon.
1: Yeah. I think it's more complicated than that, but that like spiritual war is happening in heaven that mirrors the war that's happening on Earth, which is like crazy. That's or, crazy. First of all, that is that is one interpretation that I, that I that I read.
2: So this angel, Gabriel, or or not Gabriel, right? Assuming Gabriel is saying he was detained by Space Darius.
1: Yeah, that like the battle in fucking heaven is not going that well. You know, Michael is up there fighting the whole battle himself.
2: Why against, is it just Michael and Gabriel? Where's the other angels? I don't know, baby. We're out, all getting a piece out of the fucking story. Out-fucking human women like in the Book of Enoch?
1: No, no. They're done with that, darling. They're done with that. Okay. They're done with that. That was a long time ago. Okay. If you can't forgive, then you, you, the problem is within yourself.
2: Only God forgives.
1: God has forgiven them. He's working for them now. I guess that's true. Or they're Maybe. working for him.
2: It's kind of obscure, honestly. I know.
1: Anyway, that's that's a theory that has been put forward and kind of explains the text. I mean, like, the way it's written in, in that quote that you read just there means, like, nothing. Like, the words are all kind of mixed up. I
2: know. It's super weird. I didn't understand it at all. Um, but that's, that's not the end of this vision uh, because the angel goes on to describe, well, first he describes, like, all these fucking predictions about, like, Greek rulers and it's, like, one will send out a tax collector and, uh, like, uh, one will make an alliance with the king of the south, etc. It's like not great,
1: high quality stuff,
2: not important at all for our purposes. Now we're going to return to the angel telling Daniel about the end times uh, when the dead will rise and they'll be sorted into good and bad, and etc. Uh, etc. Et Daniel has to seal the words up in a scroll. That will not open until the end times. That's convenient. That's going to come back in the book of Revelation. And, uh, oh, also the angel gives two time frames for when the apocalypse will come. So the first is it will be for a time, times, and half a time.
1: Yeah, times, time, and half a time. A.k.a. two and a half times.
2: Two and a half times. Or it will also and or otherwise be either 1290 days or 1335 days after the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up.
1: Great. Super. Good stuff, everybody. I
2: mean, I feel like I don't know exactly when the daily sacrifice was abolished and the abomination that causes desolation was set up?
1: Well, I I read a little bit about the abomination that causes desolation.
2: Oh, what was it?
1: It was it was a an historical event, one An
2: historical event.
1: 169 BC. Um
2: so it's been more than 1290 days.
1: Since then? Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. To now? Yes. Okay. So we still got to I mean, wait. I am not, my math is like kind of weak. We but still
2: probably got to wait like a time and a time and a half or whatever. Half a time.
1: I think one time has passed at least. Okay. More than that, I, who's to say? Yeah. Honestly.
2: I mean, this is, this is God's time. Humans can't say. So as if that all wasn't weird enough, there's actually some extra apocryphal chapters in the book of Daniel um, that some people cut out because they're even weirder. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted some help making sense of some of these apocryphal stories, so we decided to give a call to Scott Benson. Scott is a game designer, animator, and illustrator. He's the co-founder of the International Indie Animation Collective Late Night Work Club. And um, if, like me, you hang out in the feminist parts of the internet, you probably know him from an animated short called But I'm a Nice Guy in which a little man is laid low by the matriarchy when (laughs) feminazis steal his ice cream. Uh, Scott, hi, how are you?
3: Uh, Hi, I'm well, (laughs) how are you?
2: We're good. Hey, Scott. Um, So we will ask you, as we ask all of our guests, what is your religious background?
3: Uh, Yeah, I was raised uh, kind of really conservative Southern Baptist. Um, My family's from Texas, and uh, we moved all over the states and mostly hung out in Southern Baptist uh, churches. This is in the late 80s, early 90s. So I got the, in an extreme, it was a very conservative environment. So I got like the tail end, I got like the satanic panic and like the new age panic and like, all that fun stuff from the 80s <laughs> um, and So
2: you like you were really in the sweet spot there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was
3: in I was in the trenches of the spookiest culture war ever. Um, <laughs> if you're going to get like trapped in a moral panic as a kid, like at least get you one that like involves like actual monsters being real. Uh Yeah. It's kind of
2: actual Satan yeah I Mm -hmm. think
3: that's informed my work now but uh so um (laughs) I uh went I went to mostly kind of Christian schools when I say private schools people tend to think like oh private schools and it's like no you like go to school in like the basement of a Baptist church that kind of thing And like your Mm. class is like seven Mm -hmm. other people from the local town um and then uh I was like really super interested in ministry and the Bible and that kind of thing. Won a whole bunch of b- uh, Bible trivia contests, like in our nice. own. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, I'm the North Jersey ACSI uh, Bible the contest champion, like two years running in 1992 and three. So you guys can go That's look amazing. that up in the, you know, wherever you got to put that weapons. in your bio. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> need to you.
2: reintroduce you. I think I might I
3: hope you still, still have the trophies, have, right? I might still have one of the trophies. So.
2: Amazing.
1: Does it have, like, a Bible kicking a soccer ball on I top really, of it? I <laughs>
3: really, really wish it did. Uh, I think it's just one of those, like, generic trophies you can get that are just, like, excellence or something on it. Goddess. Um, resourcefulness. Yes. Um,
1: a watchword of religion.
3: Excellence. <laughs> so um, after, after high school, I felt that God was, like, um, calling me to be uh, in ministry. And I spent most of my 20s, really, up until um, I'm 35 now, up until I was 30. Twenty nine. I was in ministry of some sort, either being in bands or being a worship leader or helping to lead different ministries or doing ministries that um, specifically were for like people who were kind of unchurched or were not comfortable or uncomfortable in the church until I ended up with this kind of at this kind of ministry that met in the basement of a tattoo parlor. It was like big into like outreach and people who weren't as comfortable in church. Uh, I ended up speaking at it and ended up being the primary speaker at it for several years until I completely lost my faith. so um great uh, kind of left the church and and uh something of a of an atheist now uh but when with like a lot of bible knowledge because of all that um and kind of like i still find like um kind of faith in uh christianity in particular and that kind of thing like really fascinating um because you just spend your whole life in it uh it's kind of hard to just like, all right, well, yeah, you can
2: never get away from no, it. Oh,
3: it follows you, it absolutely follows you. It's yeah. like I've always describe to people, it's like it's like me because people I'll, I'll talk about the whole thing of, like, yeah, like being you know, being an atheist, like, publicly with like friends and family was a really huge traumatic deal. Occasionally, I'll see mm-hmm. people be like, oh, it's no big deal, it's just you know, whatever. It's like, no, for a lot of people, depending on the culture you're from, is yes, it's super very traumatic,
2: it can be a huge deal, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: so. Um, but I always describe to people as, like, you know, that kind of Christianity, that kind of American Protestantism is, like, the home country that I'm from. And I've, like, expatriated <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. But I always, mm-hmm. like, have, like, it, you kind of can't just erase something that was, like, that deeply important to you for, like, three decades. So I still find it really interesting. Yeah.
2: Do you want to start off by, like, summarizing the stories of *Bell and the Dragon? Oh. For us and for our listeners. Gladly.
3: Gladly. Bell and the Dragon is amazing. Uh, I am so angry that it wasn't in the Protestant Bible that I grew up with. Oh, I know. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> so here's like the really, really quick rundown of Bell. It's it's really short. It's one chapter. But so much happens mm-hmm. in it that it, it's hard to summarize. Like you, you everyone should just go look it up online and read. It'll take you like 30 seconds. It's so short, but it's so It's true, so great. yeah. So, <clears throat> it is really short. This uh this takes place, this is like the 14th chapter of Daniel, because there's like the Apocrypha has like a whole bunch of extra chapters. There's Susanna and there's the prayer of someone or another. I've completely forget. The three holy children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um Anyway, in this one, <clears throat> Daniel's at it again. Uh, so there's a, there's a statue. Boss
1: Hog won't be happy
3: about this. <laughs> oh, that Daniel. Um, there's a statue. Uh, there's a god named Bel, which I think is just Baal, Baal, whatever. I think so I think it's too. It's our old friend mm-hmm. Baal from earlier in the Bible. <laughs> um, he's uh, there's a statue, and people are like the priests are like feeding it right. Uh like, and the kid goes to Daniel. Hey, why aren't you worshiping? He eats all this food all the time. He's just constantly chowing down this food. This is an actual. <laughs> why wouldn't you
2: worship this <laughs> yeah, man? <absolutely. laughs> He's so hungry. He's so
3: he just has the munchies. He needs some. He, needs he some eats pizza. just like us. He needs some chicken tenders. Um. So, um. Dinosaurs say chicken tenders. Of yeah. Course. Dinosaur. <laughs> um, yeah. T Rex shape. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, or. Hot dogs cut up in his macaroni and cheese. <laughs> he likes the macaroni and beef with a side of, like, canned peas. It's great. A little styrofoam plate. No, nobody likes he that.
2: Likes Bell is, like, really... He's, like, from Ohio. Yeah,
3: well, <laughs> Bell is eating the mac and cheese. He's eating the uh the tuna casserole and um the king is like yo why aren't you worshiping this guy this is clearly something we should worship and daniel's like oh it's just a best statue it's made of like you know clay and bronze etc um dan the book of daniel's really obsessed with what idols are made out of i don't know if you've noticed her statues oh yeah it's like and yeah, like definitely. the relative durability of each of the
2: <laughs> yes yes um, so the king there was a
1: four material idol earlier in the <laughs> yeah
3: day. Uh, yeah they just got to aim for the weak weak feet Aim for the yeah, feet. Uh, someone with bad ankles. Like, that story is really traumatic. Um, but so um, the the king gets all pissed and he threatens to execute Daniel for blasphemy um, because he's like, you you claim that the god who ate things isn't good <laughs> or whatever. Um, <laughs> and he, How and could he, you? And he's like, Daniel, here's the thing, buddy. If you can show me, you, you either prove to me that someone else has eaten this food or... Uh, I'm going to actually murder you. I'm going to actually act, like have you executed for blasphemy, because the king is a jerk, <laughs> very easily led apparently. So the
2: yeah, the king is a drunk baby. <laughs> oh my god,
3: yeah. Um, so the uh, the priests are like, yeah, like totally, yeah. If you can like prove it, to someone else, uh, yeah. He if, if he can prove it, to someone else, which he totally can. You can kill us and like our children instead or something, because the priests are also <laughs> a bunch of idiots. Um, so. Um, the, the, Why would you bet with your children's lives? I don't like know
2: that? they're idol worshippers. They're expected to sacrifice themselves. Maybe their they children. just hadn't
3: invented like you know like actual like betting or anything yet. Like you're supposed to bet up. You like never start with your final offer or something. And they uh, and they <laughs> just go like, yeah. Well, if I'm wrong, you can kill me. Yeah. Well, if I'm wrong, you can. They kill hadn't me. invented
2: game theory yet. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but um. So and the priests are like, yeah, yeah, actually, here's the thing. Uh, you can seal the doors and just to prove like there's no funny business. Why don't you lay out the, the food and wine or water and whatever tonight and we'll leave. See, we're leaving. Bye. And they just leave. Um, and uh, the, but then Daniel comes in after them and has people sprinkle ashes all over the floor of the temple. Uh, and then they close it up. And um, there but there's a there's a secret entrance under, like, I guess, the table where they leave the food. And uh, that when they come in the next day, they see all these footprints of the priests and their wives and children who came up out of the secret entrance uh, and left footprints all over the ash and ate the food, at which point the king has all of them killed. Uh, and Daniel is like— And
2: their wives and children. Yeah, and
3: their wives—you got to be thorough. It's the Bible. You got to yeah. just—you know, I'm sure—as I'm sure you've seen in past books, you got to— salt the earth um but
2: yeah for sure uh
3: but um and then daniel's granted permission to kind of like destroy the temple and the idol um which brings us to what i feel is the main event uh the immediately after i guess because it it does not really skip a beat (laughs) maybe no it's like there's like no
2: transition yeah
3: basically it's like yeah and then he had it killed anyway there was a dragon Basically, um, <laughs> unrelated to this, yeah. there was a dragon.
2: <laughs> We're going to spend like a really long time describing how there was a secret entrance and like how we laid down these ashes. Uh, oh, also, there was a dragon, also, whatever. Yeah,
3: the <laughs> There's a dragon. Yeah. Um, so um, the king goes, hey, why don't you worship this guy? This is obviously a big living creature he eats and he's a dragon. The, the, the
1: one thing that they seem to need to worship something is to prove that it eats.
2: A lot. Yeah. It eats a lot. fucking
1: everything eats. (laughs) Like, why not just worship, like, a bear or a lion or something? They're beautiful animals. Yeah,
2: and they're really, like, tangible. They can't eat that much. They can't eat as much as a dragon. Well,
1: they can find an elephant or something. They're not that far away from it. Well,
2: here's the thing. They have
3: Hmm. lions, and they just keep them in a den. That's true. true. They're just using it to bother Daniel occasionally. So, um... Anyway, King's like, this is a living creature. He's awesome. He's fucking rad, dude. You got to worship this dragon. And Daniel's like, no, man. You got
2: to worship it." Daniel
3: being the eternal buzzkill that he is, (laughs) goes, actually... I'm gonna murder this thing, but I'm not gonna use any weapons. And the king is like, "Yeah, you're on." Daniel makes these like little cake bomb things out of like pitch and (laughs) I forget (laughs) what else, like a few other things. And he feeds it to the dragon. It's like
2: straw. Yeah,
3: and the dragon explodes because or
2: bursts.
1: Yeah, he kills him with he kills him with some like Mythbusters shit. What's
2: the? I was a little unclear about Mm -hmm. this. Is the dragon? fire breathing and so these things catch fire when they go inside of his mouth Uh
3: that's or does in my head canon as a child yes okay (laughs) so uh yeah so the dragon explodes uh which is awesome which is like that's the thing like if you're going to explain this book to someone be like it's a book where daniel blows up a dragon
1: Um, (laughs) so i mean it's it's awesome it's awesome in a certain kind of way but it's like the only dragon that's ever talked about in the book i think so it's a unique creature that he kills just because
2: people are Well, they talk about the fucking behemoth of yeah, I to say, other than,
3: like, late Job or something. Yeah, that's about it. Um, the people get mad. People get mad at me. Daniel says, the king says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remove it. Um, a, <laughs> God, I'm making weird Twitter references. So the um, uh, people get mad uh, and go to the king. And they say, hey, we're actually going to overthrow you because Daniel has, you know, uh, destroyed Bell uh, and he's blown up our dragon. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so um, solving
2: a lot of problems. Yeah,
3: like these people, it's like their weeks are just ruined. They have nothing to do on the weekends anymore. They're going to go feed the god and go see the dragon. They have nothing to do now. So, they go to the king and they say, We're actually going to overthrow you and kill you and your family if you don't give Daniel test to, to be killed. The king is kind of a wuss and goes, Okay, sorry, Daniel. Hands him over to people, throw him into the lion's den. Now there's uh, some some confusion here as to whether or not this is like a straight up retelling of and like kind of reframing of the original line sense. story, right. or whether they just right. were like have no other ideas and they're like second time's a charm. So try this. <laughs> it's like we know he j- we know he got out of it the first time, but yeah, nobody could do it but, two times, right? But, uh So <clears throat> here,
2: but this time they leave him in there for a yeah, week. Yeah, full week. And they
3: don't <laughs> feed the lions. They don't feed him. And here's where maybe the actual craziest thing that happens in. Bell and the Dragon happens. The Prophet uh, Habakkuk uh-huh. of Habakkuk fame. Um,
1: uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Parentheses. Habakkuk. <laughs> uh, um,
3: from his from this one man production. Habakkuk! Exclamation point. Habakkuk! Exclamation point. <laughs> Come see my show. Habakkuk. 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 Um, so uh, an angel comes to Habakkuk, who's like making food for um, I guess some of his workers or something, and he goes, "Hey, you should give that to Daniel in Babylon." Uh, In the lion's den, and Habakkuk is like, uh, hi, yeah, I don't know where. First, hello, <laughs> thanks, hi. Uh, two, yeah. <laughs> um, two, I don't know where Babylon is, <laughs> I don't know who Daniel is, <laughs> and I don't know where the lion's den is. At which point, the angel picks him up by his hair, flies him. By his hair! Yeah, by, flies him to Babylon, puts him in the lion's den, and, um,. You know, and he feeds uh, Daniel because Daniel's hungry and the angel picks him up by his hair. I guess they say hello and it, they picks him up by his hair and he flies him right back home. Uh, now he has to make dinner again. Um, and uh, the king seeing <laughs> It all... seems
2: like there would be easier ways to, like, get Daniel some food. Yeah, <laughs> I agree.
3: Nothing. Nothing about Daniel is intuitive. Like, like, it's all just one crazy, one crazy madcap adventure after another. Um, yeah it is so after that the king is like whoa that was awesome i'm gonna worship the true god again this happens like every other day uh and yeah. uh, daniel is freed all the accusers are thrown at the lion's den and they're immediately eaten uh the end so
2: yay there you go
3: that's <laughs> my full segment goodbye no. <laughs> um, yeah that's spell and the dragon it's awesome <laughs> there's no part of this that isn't great
2: so uh what did you think of this as a child, or or as a Bible trivia winner, or as a minister?
3: Okay. Well, um, I was introduced to it actually um, through two two through ways. One, I went to these uh, uh, anti evolution conferences when I was a kid. They'd take us to um, uh to them from school. It'd be like a day thing where you go see uh, Ken Ham, the anti evolution.
2: Whoa. Anti-evolution
3: guest. The Whoa. Ken yeah, Ham. I met him. Wow. Like twice. The That's ha- crazy. Yeah. The Ham man himself. The Ham. The, the Ham. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, happy that like no one ever knows who Ken Ham is when I bring up the story, and I'm like, no, be impressed, okay?
2: Uh, but um, oh, I'm the guy on Mad Men. Don't worry, we're both we're both ham for ham. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but um, so I and he'd go, and at first, like I was just impressed with his Australian accent because I'd never heard one as a kid, and he'd talk talk about the book of of uh, Isaiah uh, instead of Isaiah, and mm. I was like, what? This is crazy. Um, so. And it was all just about how evolution is not true, and we have proof that there are dinosaurs alive in the world today, which as a young dinosaur and dragon-obsessed child, in, like, third grade, I was like, this is the best news I've received all week, easily. (laughs) Um, And he cited—
2: Have you heard the good news? Dinosaurs are still
3: alive. (laughs) By the way, Mom, dinosaurs are still alive. I don't want to go to school anymore. I want to go look for dinosaurs in the Congo— um have you heard the good news
1: we're back a dinosaur
3: story yeah, I, I, just, like, I guess if like i was to go on like if you would put me somehow out in the mission field at like age 10 i would have gone around telling people the good news about dinosaurs still being alive yeah <laughs> so, like friend have you heard the good news have you accepted dinosaurs into your heart because they're still here <laughs> so he would talk about how the Loch Ness monster dinosaur uh the creature of wherever uh. in like uh, the amazon that's a dinosaur and then he'd be like, yeah, "And there's dinosaurs mm-hmm. in the Bible, obviously. I mean, obviously, you've, you've probably heard people, you know, there's um, the Leviathan, the Behemoth. That is, uh, in mm-hmm. his estimation, dinosaurs. Um, the And he would talk about uh, Bell and the Dragon. And I was like, Bell and the Dragon, what is this? And he's like, well, it's like not technically a book of the Bible, but there's a big dragon. And it looks it. I mean, it's a dragon could be a dinosaur. And so there's dinosaurs in the Bible. So, like the evolutionists can't, you know, say that dinosaurs and people didn't coexist. Um,
2: <laughs> makes perfect sense. I
3: mean, the kind of young Bible nerd I was, I uh, at some point at a garage sale spied this giant uh, concordance, one of those huge ones that they give you in like seminary or Bible school or something. And then I got to this, I was like, "Bell and the Dragon." Oh my god, it's in here! And I read it, and I was like, "This is the pretty much the best thing. Why isn't this in the Bible?" I'm so angry. Why couldn't I have been Catholic or orthodox, I think, and have it be in there officially? And I just thought it was awesome. It was cool because um, it's um, it's a a detective story. Uh, Daniel solves these problems in completely mundane fashions. Like earlier in the Bible— You'd have, like, you know, Moses or Aaron or whatever, whoever throwing down his staff and it turning into, like, a snake. And then, like, the, the first two episodes of Bell and the Dragon um, really just focus on Daniel, like, doing this kind of, like, really cool. Like, thing.
2: Encyclopedia Brown. Yeah. yeah. Like, just
3: like, yeah, I can prove it. Here, I'm actually going to use this deductive technique. I'm going to actually lay out this, like, powder on, the, like, this ash on the floor so we can we can test it. We can see. And I
2: thought that was It really is. It's cool. very, like anti-supernatural. It's very almost modern. Like yes. you could imagine Sherlock Holmes doing it or yeah. something where it's like
3: uh just just one more yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this dragon you're talking about. Peter Paul oh no that makes Daniel. sense that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> but uh so
2: in the role of a lifetime. <laughs> so uh yeah so
3: that was awesome. It was just really cool seeing that. And then the same thing with um with uh, the dragon like he's just like actually I can feed it bombs and it'll explode. <laughs> I mean there's there's nothing <laughs> There's nothing, that's I mean, there's not nothing
1: awesome too deductive about that. Yeah, you can feed anything bombs and they'll explode. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. That's not the revolution in science. So Daniel but...
3: solves a mystery and blows up a dragon <laughs> it, within the space of like 20 <laughs> yeah. verses. There's like it, it's – I
1: mean that is that is true.
3: Uh, yeah, that's Bell and the Dragon. That's why I liked it so much. I didn't really get to talk about it too much uh, in ministry because um, I was never from like a, a faith tradition that included the Apocrypha in its uh, – I mean, I'm calling calling it the Apocrypha, so obviously. Uh, Right, right, um, yeah. So, you know, I didn't teach a lot of Tobit or anything. Um, Well, you didn't miss (laughs) (laughs) much. But so, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I I just think it's great. I think it's like a weird, off-the-cuff, bizarre, tiny little book uh, that is uncharacteristically to the point and mundane even if, even in its fantastical nature up until the very end. And then it's fantastical in the weirdest, like, not the way that you would have expected.
2: <sighs> All right. So, Scott, where can people find you online? And uh, do you have any projects you want to
3: play? Uh, yeah. Uh, you can find me at bombsaw.com. That's just, like, a bunch of work that I've done. Although it's been on hold for a couple of years because we've been working on a game called Night in the Woods. Which will be out, I think, pretty soon. Uh, unless something goes really weirdly wrong. Um, uh, by the way, I should note that it's September of twenty sixteen. In case you are listening to this, like twenty years in the future. Um, and, uh, <laughs> also, how did assume, Trump's how did Trump's presidency uh, go? I
2: assume our podcast will be listened to for centuries. Yeah, so. well,
3: I mean, this is going to become the new version of the Bible, pretty much. They're going to be like, yeah. that's right. They'll just
1: pass this around the campfire and talk of the so old. they like the days. oral tradition
3: yeah. is the only thing that survived <laughs> the Great Toad mm-hmm. Wars. Um, so toad, the wars. toad Wars is coming. Uh, it, we never saw it coming just blindsided us um anyway uh night in the woods it's a uh, game you should just go check it out night in the uh and uh, you can find me at at bombs fall on twitter where i tweet a lot so no hard feelings if you unfollow after a day or two because it's, it's real it's it's real
2: why would people unfollow you for producing so much quality content There's so
3: much content oh it's, it's ridiculous <laughs>
1: All right. Thank you very much for helping us out with that, Scott. I really appreciate you coming and talking to us. Thanks for having Digitally, me. Digitally, of course. Yes.
3: Thanks for – the no one – I didn't get flown across the country out by my hair, so we had to do it. We had to – Not yet. We can't afford that. It's not in the budget. Yeah. Well, when there's season two, when you're going through it all again and have me back on, then you can – when you have – when you've made your millions off the Bible podcast, you can have me flown yes. by the hair out. <laughs> we'll do this in person.
2: Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thanks again, and uh, we will see you on the internet. Bye.
1: So I think it's about time that we rate this book. (gasps) Rate this
2: book. Rate this book. Rate this book. Rate this book. book.
1: How would you rate this book, my dear?
2: I think I want to give it about 10 out of 13 frightening and terrifying beasts. Wow. I really love... The folk tales in here, mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace has been one of my favorite Bible stories since I was a kid. Wow! Uh, Daniel in the lion's den—it's a classic. Those are like, <laughs> those are such classic Bible stories. Mm-hmm. And the dreams, especially when we get when we get into the apocalypse stuff, it's not. It's just, well, I mean, it would be interesting if I were only reading the book of Daniel in isolation, having just come out of like several fucking prophets with bizarre visions of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. It's kind of boring. Mm. Um, But I really I really love the folktale part of it. Mm. So I got to give it a high score. That's dope. How about you?
1: I'm going to give it one and a half out of two and a half times.
2: Mm Okay, so that's like over halfway to the apocalypse
1: (laughs) technically yes yeah mostly because like you i enjoyed the folktales a lot they obeyed nice folktale logic i liked how things worked out and everybody was very clear about how things were going to turn out from the very beginning (laughs) because all you have to do is believe in god yeah and that anybody who doesn't do that is just going to be wrong yeah the the rules are very clear in terms of the apocalyptic stuff which is the more divisive stuff i suppose at first I really liked it. I was like, yes, tell me about these insane beasts that you've imagined. And then when they explained that they were just like basically political allegories, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, that really that really harshes my buzz. <laughs> you know? That really buzzes my light year, you know? Mm, mm, that really woodies yeah. my toy story.
2: Mm, oh okay, that sounds like mm, all right.
1: But I just uh I, I wanted the zaniness, you know, I wanted that like crazy mystical energy and it couldn't really give it to me it was just faking it the whole mm. time while it was talking about um
2: fake mystical vibes
1: fake mystical vibes when it was in fact just like political commentary and i'm like don't do don't pull Don't that, do me like that don't pull that switcheroo no but strong folktale stuff in the beginning daniel's just a smart dude who solves problems yeah by trusting like, god
2: he's just like a very like he's a superhero and mm-hmm. he does his superhero thing
1: he totally is yeah anyway that's my rating
2: I respect it, even though uh, mine was quite a bit higher, I think.
1: You know, I respect you, even though I don't like you.
2: Hmm. Another thing to talk about in couples therapy. (laughs) All right. On that note, (laughs) by the way, guys, we're not actually in couples therapy, just so you know. But I am in regular therapy, and it (laughs) rules. And, in fact, this week I was just talking about, like, the Bible because – when you're raised religious, it fucking stays with you forever. Okay. On that note.
1: On that note, you can follow us on
2: Twitter at SunSchoolDrop. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, it's slash Drop, Or you can search for Sunday School Dropouts. We officially have more thumbs up than the sketch group of the same name. <laughs> Our Um, official
1: unofficial nemeses. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) who like probably don't even know that we exist. Oh, it's okay. Although maybe they do. (laughs) Maybe they hate us just as much as we hate them.
1: We'd like to thank Elise Carlton, as always, for our logo and our art.
2: And we'd like to thank Nico for doing our music. He's done 60 original pieces of music at this point, which is insane. And uh, he does all our sound engineering and editing.
1: You're very welcome, my dear. Our website is sundayschooldropouts.lol.
2: And you can email us at contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol.
1: And I'd like to tell you about two things you can do to help other people find the show. First of all, you can tell people about it using your goddamn mouth, using your the words from your mouth, Your
2: blessed mouth.
1: Mm-hmm. The second thing you can do is leave us an review.
2: And review.
1: It's, it's got a silent... Vowel before the mm-hmm. R, I yep. assume that's the only reason I would pronounce it that way. Um, on iTunes, uh, it seems weird, but if you leave a review and a rating on iTunes, it actually helps other people find the it show helps
2: so much. So, it would be very helpful
1: to do. We will be back next week with more Bibble Talk. We do it all the different ways.
2: Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill, and you can't follow Nico on Twitter, but I think that if you like harass him enough, he might join Twitter. I don't know.
1: Yeah, if we set a goal, like, you know, if we get, pff, I don't know, a hundred reviews on iTunes. A hundred? A hundred reviews on iTunes, and I'll definitely join Twitter. A 100 mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Okay. A hundred reviews, and Nico will join Twitter.
1: Was that horrible Swallow Audible on the, <laughs>
2: on the show? <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. We're committed to it now, and we'll see you on Sunday.
1: Okay. We will see you on Sunday.
2: Bye. Bye. <laughs>